Brother David's sermon text is Mark 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Thank you, Brother Canaan. I appreciate you reading the scripture for me. Brethren, I'm glad to be here. I want to speak to you on the most controversial topic there ever was. People getting up in arms about all kinds of controversial topics today. Should we have national health care or not? Should we build a wall or not? Should we take a knee at halftime or when the flag is being saluted or salute the flag? We can think of hundreds of controversial topics, but I assure you this is the most controversial topic there ever was. I declare to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Amen. I come to you in the name of the Father, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, His Son. That is the most controversial topic you'll ever run into, and it's the only topic worth discussing. In Mark chapter 1, verse 1, we read the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I want to draw your attention to the last four words in that phrase, the Son of God. Now, uh, I was reading through, looking at different Bibles, and uh, I noticed that I have a NIV Bible from about 1984 that didn't have that phrase in there. And I thought, that's odd. Then I looked at some other, and I think the newer NIVs have that phrase in there. But, you know, you don't know what is in your Bible. And this is, uh, again, a controversial topic. But let me tell you, the Bible was not written in King James English and delivered in a book like this. It was written in the languages of Hebrew and Greek and translated into and preserved in English. Mm -hmm. There's 620 manuscripts of Mark that have this verse in it. And out of those 620 manuscripts, 618 of them have it exactly as written here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. There are two manuscripts that don't have that phrase in it. Actually, one of them has it handwritten in above, in between us. Mm-hmm. A later scribe came and corrected it. And another one, which I'm not sure of, but the, the one manuscript that is claimed to be the oldest and the best I believe can be proven that it was a forgery written in 1841. Mm-hmm. And on the basis of that fraudulent counterfeit manuscript, many Bibles today have changed the words of the Scripture. So I just urge you to consider what would happen if we reached just, since it's not in that manuscript, just to leave it out. So we would have the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. Well, we read through the text. Now we have, talks about John the Baptist coming and preaching. And he was uh, a weird character, eating strange food and dressed in strange clothes. He, went, he was preaching, preparing the way for the Lord, baptizing in the Jordan River. And so we come to Mark chapter 1, verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway, coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit, like a dove descending upon him, 
And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So there we have the, uh, Jesus being baptized by John. Mm-hmm. And we have the, uh, the announcement from God the Father saying, Thou art my Son, in whom I am well pleased. My beloved Son. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's said that, well, you, we have the doctrine in there, even if in some places it's not mentioned the same. But what would happen if in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, that phrase, the Son of God, was not there? And now we find in John chapter 1, verse 11, now the announcement comes from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that perhaps Jesus was guilty of sins, and he, like all the others, came to John and convinced, repented of his sins, and he was baptized by John the Baptist for the remission of sins? And then, after he did that, then the Holy Spirit came on him, and then the voice from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's a false doctrine based on the omission of those words from this first verse. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you leave those four words out of the first verse here, you end up with a doctrine called adoptionism, that Jesus was not God, that he was not the Son of God, until the day that John the Baptist baptized him, and then he became the Son of God when God was pleased with him because he repented of his sins and was baptized by John. So consider the effect of the omission of those words. And that's about what I have to say on that topic. But I'm going to tell you, this is the most controversial topic you can ever have. This message is illegal in many countries of the world. And for what I'm about to say, any of you who believe this, your life is in danger at any moment if you would declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Many evangelical churches are losing this doctrine. They wouldn't say so outright. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, they have lost this doctrine, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is a message that was anticipated by the the prophets of Israel. For instance, in Proverbs chapter 30, we, we read the words of the prophet Agur, Proverbs 30, verse 4. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, Mm -hmm. if thou canst tell? Mm -hmm. Even the prophets of Israel didn't know. They knew a little bit about the Son of God, but they didn't know his name. There was nothing about him, very little. I'm here to tell you, His name is Jesus Christ, and He is God's Son. But back then it was not known. It was not revealed. In Psalm 2, now we have King David, who is also a prophet. Again, the most controversial topic. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. 
Then he shall speak to them in his wrath, and shall vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Amen. By the way, I, I was a heathen. And now, I'm part of his inheritance. Amen. This kiss the son, what does this mean, kiss the son? Well, Job said that in his uh, discussion, he said he had not kissed his hand, he had not worshipped the... It's an act of worship to worship the sun and the moon and the stars. In 1 Kings 19, we have Elijah talking about those who had not kissed Baal. They had not worshipped Baal. This, this is worshipping the sun. Now, this is known a thousand years before Christ came, but no, nobody knew who the sun was. Now, we know that in the genealogy of Jesus in Luke chapter 3, verse 38... We have, it ends with Adam, the son of God, which was the son of God. So is this possibly Adam that we're speaking about? Well, Adam was created in the likeness and image of God. Is this Adam that we're talking about, the son of God? I would say no. We know that God created angels. When he created the world, he created angels First, and it was a demonstration of his power in front of the angels to, to show what he was doing. Is Job chapter 38. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, talking about angels called the sons of God. When at the beginning of Job, there was a scene in heaven at the throne of God when all the sons of God, all the angels came to the presence of God. And among them was Satan. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Job 1.6. In Job chapter 2, verse 1, we also have, there again was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan himself was among them to present himself before the Lord. We have the angels clearly presented as being the sons of God. They were a direct creation of God. Is it possible we're talking about an angel here? Well, I would say no. That's talking about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, not an angel. That's right. In 2 Samuel... Seven, fourteen. This is a promise made to King David concerning his descendant. This is a promise that he would have a descendant who would have an everlasting kingdom. Second Samuel chapter seven verse twelve. This is God speaking to David. And when thy days be fulfilled, 
Thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. I do not believe this is speaking about Solomon, although it's interpreted that way. I think this is speaking a prophecy of Jesus Christ, not Solomon. This is speaking of the one Jesus, the son of David, with my message is about Jesus, the son of God. Verse 13, He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. Was that talking about a king of Israel? Solomon, perhaps, or his descendants? He says, If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. I believe this is a prophecy of Christ. This is an Old Testament prophecy of Christ and his kingdom, the son of the father. He did not commit any iniquity, but he took our iniquity upon him, and he was punished with stripes because of our iniquity. Amen. He did not commit iniquity, mm-hmm. but he was punished for our iniquity. Is it perhaps speaking of one of the kings of Israel, such as David or Solomon, any of his descendants? I say no. And we know that Israel also was spoken of as the son of God. Ezekiel, uh, Exodus chapter 4, Moses went before the court of Pharaoh. And he was telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And this is what the Lord God told Moses to say, Exodus 4.22, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Is that perhaps speaking of the nation of Israel? How about Deuteronomy 1.31? Again, speaking of the Father, God the Father, and his son, Israel in this case. Deuteronomy 131, and then he's speaking about how he brought them out of Egypt. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. God clearly had Israel as his firstborn. Deuteronomy 8, 5, thou shalt consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee, speaking to uh, house of Israel. Yeah. Deuteronomy 14, verse 1 and 2. Ye are the children mm-hmm. of the Lord your God. Ye shall not cut yourselves nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't shave your head off, hair off because it's in mourning for someone who died. Verse 2. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people mm-hmm. unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Clearly, God, Jehovah God, saw Israel as his son, his firstborn. Deuteronomy 32, verse 6. Do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath brought, that hath bought thee? Hath he not also made thee and established thee? Go down to verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and thou hast forgotten God that formed thee. So God begot Israel and the nation of Israel. Verse 19 and 20. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy. Yeah. 
with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish na nation. By the way, the Gentiles would be considered not a people and be considered a foolish nation. And he said he's going to provoke them to jealousy with a foolish nation, which I believe would be the Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. But he has made it so that we will provoke the nation of Israel, the, the Jews, by our faith in Christ. I tell you, this is the most controversial topic you can ever have about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It will not be received in most places where you go. Jeremiah 31, verse 9, he says, I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. In Jeremiah 31, 18 through 20, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn unto me, I shall be turned thou to me, I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh, I was ashamed, even confounded, because I did repair, bear the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? This is God speaking to Israel. In uh, Hosea chapter 1, this is where he declares that they are not a people. His own chosen people, he turned against them. Hosea married a prostitute. Had, they had children. Hosea 1.9 Then said God, call his name Loami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Speaking to Israel. But listen to what he says. Yet... The number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said to them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. God is once again going to turn to them, and they will turn to him, Amen. and they will be sons of the living God. That's right. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. God again speaking to Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? The Israelites did not honor God. They did not fear God. They did not worship Him only. There were some that did. Praise God. But many of them didn't. They rejected Him. Malachi 2.10 Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Well, there, there's also a sense in which God is the Father of everyone. When Paul, in Acts chapter 17, he was walking around this city and he saw all these temples and idols and strange gods. He's the one that gives to all life and breath. 
Acts, 8, Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as a certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. God gives everyone life and breath and everything there is. We would not exist without him. In that sense, he is the father of all mankind. For as much as then we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like the gold and silver stone graven by art and man's device. Amen. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he raised him from the dead. Who is this speaking about? This is speaking about Jesus Christ, yeah. God's own Son. Amen. Amen. So we ask the question in, in Psalm 2, verse 12, Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. It's commonly asserted God has no wrath, he's just love. That's patently false. There are numerous scriptures I could go through, and I urge you to consider that God's wrath is poured out against sin, against sinners, against unbelievers. It's God that is the one that takes recompense. It's God the one that takes vengeance. No one else is supposed to take vengeance. That's right. But God does have wrath. The reason he had a son was so that he could pour out his wrath on him. Yeah, that's right. Yes. He poured out his wrath on him. If you turn to Jesus Christ in faith, you will not receive the wrath of God. Amen. Amen. That's right. In Psalm 89, it's commonly asserted this is speaking of King David or King Solomon. But I would say... Maybe in a roundabout way, but this is not speaking. This is speaking clearly of Jesus Christ. Psalm 89, verse 26 and 27. Also, I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. This is speaking of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the only one who is a king that's higher than all the other kings of the earth. He's king of kings and lord of lords. There was no other king that Israel ever had that was higher than all the other kings of the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the same, and we know in in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. Okay, so we've considered, is it... The Son of God, Adam, that were to worship, to kiss the Son? Is it one of the angels, perhaps? Is it maybe the nation of Israel? Is it maybe one of the kings of Israel, like David or Solomon? No, none of those. That's not the Son we're to worship. It is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, verse 5, For to which of the angels Mm -hmm. said he at any time, Thou art my Son? This day have I begotten thee, and again I will be... To him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the firstborn into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. 
This is speaking clearly of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It can't be Adam. It can't be one of the angels. It can't be the nation of Israel or Ephraim. It can't be one of the kings like David or Solomon. This is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is the one we're to turn to and worship, lest his anger be kindled against us. Now, first, a question. Why does it matter about the Son of God? Is this the words I'm saying? It's either true or not true, and either you'll receive it or you won't receive it. But why does it matter anything at all about the Son of God? I mean, isn't there many ways to God? You just pick one of them. You know, you choose Jesus, we'll go with someone else, or another religion, or no religion. Here's what, and people say, well, I'll just follow Jesus as my example. He's a, he's a good man. He's, uh, I'll follow his teachings. I'll, he's, he'll be my example. But if Jesus truly was a good man, and as our example, and he yet made claims himself that he was the Son of God, and that there was no other way, and you ignore that, either, and, I mean, think about this. If Jesus knew that he was not the Son of God, and yet he claimed to be, then he is not a good man, and you should not follow him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 all things are delivered unto me of my Father. Yeah. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Amen. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Mm-hmm. If you want to get to God, if you want to know God, the only way you can know God or get to God is through Jesus, his Amen. Son. Nobody knows God the Father except his Son. Right. He will reveal the Father to you. Yes. Amen. No one knows the Son, but the Father. Mm-hmm. This is critical, important mm-hmm. here. Well, we, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 1. This is foundational. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, the virgin... And made the announcement. Luke one thirty one. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Yes. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. Mm-hmm. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This is the Son of God that was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The the Son that was born of a virgin. No one could be born of a virgin. Everyone has a mother and a father, earthly father and mother. How else could they have a body? But here's the sign, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is the sign, a virgin giving birth to a son. A few chapters later, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace 
There shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the Old Testament pointing to a son that would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This can't be Adam. This can't be one of the angels. This can't be Israel. This can't be one of the kings like David or Solomon or someone else. This has to be a supernatural divine being. Now, you want to know who Jesus is? Mm -hmm. You'll have to go to the Bible because there's no other reliable source. There's a lot of things that are written. I'm going to go back to this Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh It does not not say the beginning of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It says beginning of the gospel. There's a slight difference. And you wonder, why does Mark just start right there? He starts right with John the Baptist and the baptism. Why doesn't he? Well, Matthew has a genealogy. He proves that Jesus Uh is the son of David, the son of Abraham. He goes at great lengths to prove that Jesus Christ is that king who would inherit the throne of his father, David, the son of David. Luke starts with Zechariah, the birth of John the Baptist, and the Annunciation to Mary, the birth of Christ. I mean, there's introductory things, a beginning. And then in Luke chapter 3, it goes through the genealogy showing that Jesus was directly through David, mm-hmm. through Adam, the Son of God. Yeah. John goes in the beginning was the Word, yeah. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Yeah. This is a divine being mm-hmm. who was God, who was with the beginning, with God in the beginning, before the beginning. He was the one who created all things, Colossians chapter 1. Yeah. He is one that created all things. By him, all things consist. Mm-hmm. So why didn't Mark start without any introductory? He just starts right with John the Baptist. Because that was the beginning of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, we can read about what the gospel is. And it consists of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. That is the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's the facts of the gospel. The implications of that and the meaning of that are so far beyond anything you can imagine that I could stand up here for the next year and not get through it all. Mm -hmm. And praise God, I'm almost done. But I want to point to you, God has invested everything in his son Jesus. Amen. He is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophets Mm -hmm. for the Messiah, the King, 
the child who was born, the, the son who was given. Mm-hmm. It was pictured by Abraham and his son Isaac. Abraham was given the son of the promise after 25 years of waiting. He had faith. Mm-hmm. And then God told him, go sacrifice your son. Mm-hmm. And Abraham believed him. That's and it was scattered him for righteousness. He went and he sacrificed his son mm-hmm. to the point he was just getting ready to slit his throat. He had the wood piled up. Yeah. Isaac on there. He was going to he was going to carry it through and God told him, wait. Yeah. Abraham's amazing statement of faith. Mm-hmm. Amen. The Lord himself, mm-hmm. the Lord will provide himself a lamb. Amen. Now you notice in the thicket was a ram, mm-hmm. which is not technically a, a lamb. Now we know that when John the Baptist baptized Jesus mm-hmm. in John chapter 1, he had this amazing statement. This is what he says right after he saw Jesus being baptized. And he saw the heavens opened. John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, unto, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record yes. that this is the Son of God. Amen. Again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. This is the full, this person, this divine being, the Son of God, mm-hmm. is the fulfillment of every Amen. prophet yes. of Israel. This is the Son of God we worship, lest His wrath be kindled against us in the way. Three or four different times, His disciples declared openly, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We believe that Thou art the Son of God. It was that He claimed to be the Son of God, that He was stoned, Attempted to be stoned three times in John chapter 5, John chapter uh, 8, John chapter 10. He made the claim to be the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And he was, they almost stoned him for it. Mm-hmm. When he was before Caiaphas, the high priest, he said, Art thou the Son of God? And he said, Thou sayest. And they, that was the charge which they crucified Jesus yeah. because he was the Son of God. Mm-hmm. God has invested everything in the Son of God. Amen. He is the one that died for our salvation. He's the one that took away sin. He's the one that made peace between God and man. He's the one that tore down the dividing wall between a Jew and Gentile. He's the one that can bring racial reconciliation. He's the one that is the only one who can make a country change from being a wicked, immoral country to following God. Man can't do that. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that can bring us to God. He's the only one that can bring us to heaven. Mm -hmm. God has invested everything in the Son of God because He died on the cross, was buried and rose again, we know that we shall be resurrected to be with Him. We know that because He took away our sin, we are going to be changed to be just like Him. When He appears, we will see Him and we will be just like Him. The Son of God is coming again with power. He's going to reward the righteous, Mm -hmm. those who believe in Him, those who don't believe in Him will receive the full wrath of God. Right. The wrath of God is revealed 
upon all the ungodly of those who do not believe in him. I urge you, brethren, and anyone else who's listening, to put all your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. who is the Son of God. Yes. Amen. Amen.